As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. I'm with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's happening, Eric? What's up, Dave? Not much, man. We had kind of an, uh, I don't know, anticlimactic uh, game last night in that, you know, but that inevitably seems like that happens, especially during a regular season matchup like that. It's like a postseason matchup. It almost there's just so much tension and energy. It's going to it's going to be a good game of when those two guys like that going. But we uh, we had the Max versus Max matchup in the series opener for the Mets and Braves and uh, and Max Max Scherzer exceeded what he's done in the past couple of years, last few years against the Braves. And Max Fried had his first. I mean, I don't want to say bad outing, but mediocre outing for him. For him, it was a bad outing. His first one in quite a while. So Braves lose four one. Get another home run from Austin Riley. He's homered in three straight games, 24 for the year, second in the NL. This guy's just cannot believe he's not on the all-star team, but third base is such a tough position to crack. Still think he might be added. But um, anyway, it was kind of a – it was great to see the turnout. Third largest crowd at Truist Park for the Braves uh, since it opened. Uh, really? Almost 43,000 people on a Monday night. On a, on a And it's been dreary weather here for about a week with the rain and heat and humidity. So – they turned out they did their part, uh, but Scherzer was just great last night, and uh, and Freed wasn't on his game. So there you go. But they've still got two games left of, in, in, against in pitching matchups that favor the Braves. There's still a good chance that they could uh, leave the series down a half game. So I think uh, that's all you. That's all you could have come in hoping to do is win two out of three. Yeah, I mean, if you win the series, you pick up a game. Yeah, it's it's hard too to look at it like you. Obviously, it's it's the best when you can hand your opponent a win because you're guaranteed you pick up a game that day. But you do have to look at these as just another game on the schedule as far as like right. the overall picture of where you're going to wind up. You know, I mean, you lose this game, you lose it, you win tomorrow, then you go and you're playing different teams and you sweep somebody and they lose three in a row. Now you walk away and you're you're in first yep. place now. You know, yep. like this this is not defining the season is what I'm trying to say. And these are big games, and you want to see. The main thing you want to see is how you match up with them because yeah. you know it's going to come down to those games head-to-head at some point where you can make a big difference. But 
one game last night. You know, I mean, that it's going to happen in baseball, whether you're playing the Mets or the Orioles. Yeah. And Scherzer's fresh right now, man. He just had a, he had a nice break for him. This is his second start since coming back. And he just looked, I mean, he looked like he just started the season. I mean, he was, di- he was dynamic last night. He, uh, he, he threw some, some of those pitches looked almost unhittable to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like the slider he struck Olsen out on. Yeah. Olsen hasn't looked that bad on, on yeah. many pitches this whole season. He made Olsen look bad. It's something about Scherzer's fastball. You know, the, the release, the way he releases it, he's kind of on the side of the ball and the plane he throws it at. Even when his velocity wasn't up high, you know, the 97s that you see out of him early on, he was still beating him to the spot. You know, there was a couple of pretty meaty pitches he threw that, that got hit to the track. I know the wind was blowing in, but balls that the guys normally, like the ball Dansby hit yep. late, you know, those those balls are normally getting out. They didn't get out last night. But yeah. there's a few Scherzer through that, I mean, it's it's just one of those things that never slumps. You know, it's like speed. If you have this right angle on your pitches and the right spin and the right trajectory on it, hitters just can't quite get to it. And it seems like he's still got that for sure. Yeah. Acuna hit one, about a step in front of the wall to start yep. the game. And Dansby hit that one that I thought was going to get out. So they did hit a lot of balls hard. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's not going to do it against – Against a team like that, with Scherzer going seven innings, and then uh, and then you go Ottavino, and then you go Diaz, who's just oh my god, that guy this it's, year is it's an eight inning game. Right wow, now. he is dynamite, man. Yeah. He's special. He's, he he was like that in Seattle before yeah. the Mets got him. Yeah. He had a season like this where, I mean, he's in the conversation for the best closer in the game if he doesn't just have it. You know is. His slider, and he's got that same thing Scherzer has. It's just an arm angle that's throwing that high velocity that hitters just can't get to. Yeah, he's throwing the slider more than ever, and yeah. and, and his velocity has not come down on the no. on the heater. So, yeah, you get to the ninth with him down three, it's over. So, um, best you can hope for is a run off that guy. So anyway, they go four one down the first game. Um, you got you like the matchups for the Braves the next two nights. You got tonight. Uh, you got Spencer Strider, who obviously we've talked about at at length, uh, going against David Peterson. Lefties, Braves have hit lefties this year. Great lefty starters. They're doing better than almost any team against lefty starters. Um, and then you got in Wednesday's game, you got Charlie Morton, who has pitched way better than his 4-2-1 ERA would indicate lately because he looks like the old Charlie Morton in the last like three or four starts. He's looked terrific. I mean, that yeah. last, the last start, I thought, the way he began the game, I thought he might throw a no-hitter tonight. And he gave up one hit pretty quick, but he really looked – that curveball right now is – he's got the sweeper going again, man, and that, that just yeah. – and that back foot. And he's just uh, – he's back to being Charlie after everybody worried about him so much in the first month of the season. Like, okay, is he done? Is it's last year or last year? now? he looks fine. He looks really good. And he's going against Bassett, who's pitched really well, but uh, – you like the matchups for the next two nights for the Braves if they just uh, give what they've seen out of those two guys uh, for the past few weeks. Yeah, they haven't. The Mets haven't seen Strider yet. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the advantage is definitely in his hand because as we've talked about, he's got a fastball that. Well, Luke was talking about that. It's it's the same type of stuff. The plane and the spin and the way he throws it is just it's it's above and beyond what almost anybody else in the league's throwing. So. 
it's one of those pitches that the Mets are going to have to see to catch up to. Yeah. And I don't think hitters ever give a pitch enough credit until they face it and until they see it live. And then they're like, oh, oh shit. Okay. That's what it is. And the next at bat, they're still trying to adjust. So, I mean, I think the advantage is it's definitely in his hand having not having them not seen him yet. I thought Al Leiter did another great breakdown this morning on Central, MLB Central, about Strider. And it was pretty fascinating to show the uh, side-by-side of him in college and then him in the minors and then him now. But what he has done since high, since college to now, really, really uh, obvious what he did with, you know, the extension, they say one of the keys to Tommy John is the guys that go way far back at the right at the lowest point where they have the most extension back are the guys more susceptible to it with some exceptions. Obviously there's some guys that do that and stay healthy, but there's a lot of those guys get hurt. He had his Tommy John. He came back. If you look at the side by side now, when he gets to that angle way back, his arm is not, it never goes back all the way down. Like it used to, it stops at a certain point. So when he when that when that uh, left foot goes down, he's 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 not getting he's not putting nearly as much stress on his arm to bring it forward, and, and, and it can cause some guys to be late, right? When they're real far yeah. back, and he's up further already, so he's in more of an athletic and, and position, and and he uses those huge legs. Yep. And so so he's got that going, which really should be should be helpful, especially as far as health. The other thing he showed was the extension this guy gets. He's getting like six inches more than the average extension major league pitchers. And he's getting like six foot six. And he's the guy that's five, four, five yeah. inches shorter than all the p- other pitchers who are throwing a hundred just about. Most of them are six, four, six, five. He's six foot, generously listed. Might be five eleven, but he's six foot and he's getting six inches more extension than these taller guys are getting. That's how far he's going out with those strong quads of his. Getting, and they show him way out there and then comes forward. So it's, you, when you see that, you see, okay, well, that's maybe that's why he is a freak and able to do things that other guys can't do. He's able to use yeah. his legs. Well, and it's normally going to be a tall guy, you know, that's still keeping that downhill plane. And yeah. for him being a shorter guy and reaching out, it's still going to come from a lower release angle. Yeah. So it's going to have, you know, less distance and a steeper of that yeah. uphill kind of, you know, the ball doesn't really rise, but it's just that perception. Right. And, you know, if you want to know how much of a difference that makes, just think how hard people have fought when the idea of moving the mound back has been brought up. Right. They want to move the mound back six inches or, right. or a foot. And it's like <laughs> pitchers are that, – that six inches makes all the difference of time yeah. to, to perceive the ball and everything like that. And I would look at it – you know, the data wasn't available early in my career, but I would look at it after games and, and I, I was trying to figure out what I was doing different on my good games. And I figured yeah. out when I looked at the stack cast stuff, I had an extra four or five inches of uh, extension on the days that I felt like I got away with pitches. Yeah. Cause it's just that little extra time that the hitters get to read it and see the ball um, that they're able to hit it. And there's guys like, like Kenley gets a ton of extension. Yeah. Kenley's gotta be, I'd say close to seven feet or that, that dude that was jumping off the mound, Carter Caps. Yeah, I think he was close to like eight or nine feet, and and throwing a hundred, and nobody could touch it. But that that extension is one of the biggest things. You know, we didn't have that data early in my career. Right. It was like, why is this guy getting away with ninety four, and there's a dude throwing a hundred that's getting ripped yeah. all over the park? Well, the dude throwing a hundred was spinning off and showing the ball and releasing it from six to ten inches closer. Than Buddy Carlisle that was throwing eighty nine by yeah. everybody, 
you know, that yeah. all that, all those little things really matter. Yeah. So between that and having some deception or hiding the ball longer, but yeah, if you're, if they're not seeing it until at least six inches later than the other guy and he's throwing a hundred. Yep. I mean, that's huge. Well, and that's what DeGrom is. I and mean, DeGrom gets a ton of extension yeah. and throws a hundred and puts it wherever he wants. But I, those are the things that teams know now, you know, when they're picking guys up or looking at guys, yeah. they have data on all this stuff and you could watch the swings and know for the most part, but now they have it confirmed. Right. And if he's getting another six inches as short as he is by comparison, then he's coming even lower, right? Cause he's extended yeah. even further down the yep. mound. Yep. But he's got the spin and the trajectory to it where right. it's a different plane than anybody's used to. And you see the, you see the side, but when he's at full extension and that foot's out there and he's coming like this, you see those legs, man. Yeah. And you couldn't do that with no, with the normal size legs. That guy's got some huge legs and he's using every bit of it. I liked, I liked listening to Luke talk about his weird workouts yeah, because <laughs> if you do weird shit and you suck, yeah. you're getting destroyed for it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing weird stuff and you're getting it done, there's there's always you know a few guys in the clubhouse yeah. going to go start trying to do some handstands too. <laughs> yeah, it's like having a peace sign on your glove and on your chain. If you're yeah. not any good, guys yeah. are going to give a shit about that peace yeah. sign. Yeah. But you're doing good, babe. Power to it, brother. <laughs> yeah, good it's for all you, based man. on results. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So last night was a big night. It was an encouraging night in one regard for the Braves. Uh, besides the Austin Riley get hit another home run. It was Robinson Cano, man. Um, uh, you know, I only got a glimpse of him when he was at the Mets this year, and it wasn't very impressive, but he didn't get to play much at all with them, and they released him. Then he goes to San Diego again, barely's getting going. They released him, or they they were gonna send him to triple A. He wouldn't take the assignment. So he's like, well, they were like, release him. Well, then he saw no, there were no free agent offers out there. So he's like, all right, I will send that minor league deal. So he signed a minor league deal with the Padres, went down to El Paso, and really for a little over a month, got himself going, man. And he hit like 330 down there. It was killing right-handed pitching. So he comes up. The Braves get him from the Padres in, in for cash transaction, cash considerations, which was $1 they paid. And they pick up, you know, in the, in $1. the Padres. And the, and the Mets and Padres are paying almost his entire $24 million salary. All the Braves are paying prorated mm-hmm. portion yeah. of the Major League 700000 minimum. So you're getting a guy all but for free. And last night, he really looked like a viable second baseman. He looked good. He, he, around the base, he's, this is a former gold glover. He's yeah. still slick around the base, man. He's still got – he's still plenty good. And he had two hits last night. Hit them all hard. So – 
This might be another one of those cases where the Brave Scouts watching a guy down to AAA pull off, and Alex pulls off a hell of a deal. He got he did it by trading Drew Waters, who we knew was probably going to get traded at some point. Probably I, th- I thought it would be before the trade deadline, you know, for a reliever or for a starter. But he trades Drew Waters, a couple other prospects, one a pretty good pitcher, and uh, uh, and gets the 35th pick from the Royals. The most important part of that aspect was the, the 2.2 million slot value. So the Braves slot money for the for their draft goes up to about a little over 10 million and they can yep. spread that around any way they want. So that was huge in that regard. So they pull off a trade yesterday and on the same day they get uh or the day before they get a second baseman from the Padres for nothing, for a dollar. So that's that's 24 hours Alex made a couple of really nice trades uh that that under the radar type deals, well they're not under the radar when you win the World Series, but Two that could really help this team. I mean, depending on what they do with that, you know, spreading around that money, they could oversign some guy now. They can get a guy that is otherwise going to go to college if they sign him for overslot. Or they can also pick up a guy in that 35th spot that, uh, you know, you look at some of the guys picked after that. We don't, it's a long list. Beginning yeah. with, beginning with Austin Riley, Spencer Strider, and Michael Harris. Yeah. Austin was 41st pick, was one of those that they got in, uh, from the Padres in that, uh, in the trade when they got when they dumped Kimbrel to get rid of Upton, if I'm not mistaken, that was the the pick. And then you got uh, third fourth third rounder Harris and fourth rounder Strider. So you can get a good pick there, no doubt. Oh yeah, I think I think this more than anything, it's just having more more guys to possibly hit on. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah, absolutely. This the the volume of guys you can bring in that are that are that higher quality. I mean, you don't see guys after I'd say like round five. It's going to be tough to start racking up examples like Michael Harris and Austin Riley. Right. But the first three rounds, right? There, there's quite a few guys every year that turn into pretty damn good players, and it's just a matter of if you can get two or three of them, you've got a lot better shot of doing that versus, you know, just one compensation pick. I'd rather have three second rounders. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean. Yeah. And the volume's nice. Yeah, and and you and, and speaking of, and the Braves have done such a good job in the draft uh, under Dana Brown. Man, he's put he's had some really good picks, and and they've also had a couple of guys in recent years that they picked that other teams wanted more as pitchers: Austin Riley and Michael Harris. Yep. So that can also work out when you when you got guys that are creative and uh, you know know what you want, know what you're looking at, know what you're seeing in a guy. So. But I just thought the Cano trade, getting him from the Padres for nothing, you know, it's a, that's a true no-risk flyer. There is no, no risk. risk involved. If he comes in, falls on his face, then you go back. Uh, you know, all you did was move was move Goose Goslin. You DFA'd him, which he'll clear waivers and be sent to AAA, I'm sure. And you've got Arcia cuts into his at-bats. Okay, well, that's not a big deal. Arcia is a guy that doesn't need a whole lot of at-bats to stay sharp anyway. You can move him around a diamond. And uh, – you can at, at least use Cano against right-handers. So, yeah. I mean, this well, is uh, you know, and, and and if he falls on his face, then you bring Goose back if you want to. But this is a good when you're paying really the same good, amount. Yeah, this is a good guy to have. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so you get because uh, you might not have Ozzy back till September. Yeah, Cano's got one of the best lefty swings you're ever going to see. It's pretty. And, you know, I think just the the thing that complicates things with him is is anybody that's been caught taking steroids is you wonder how much of it was because of that. And yeah, you know, I think Nelson Cruz is a good example of a guy that's been popped minor leagues, major leagues, 
and still rakes. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, there's no, in my mind, a guy like that, there's no chance he's still on something because it's a lifetime ban. Right. You know, right. once you start getting to these, these bigger penalties, and I think MLB did a good job making it extreme. I still think it could be more extreme minus like the false tests that sometimes seem to happen. Yeah. Which I don't know if I believe, but it's, it's tough to look at Cano. I mean, he's got the same swing and he's got the same power and second baseman is, isn't necessarily a position where you need elite athleticism. You need to be a good athlete. He is. Yeah. Good um, footwork. And if you're looking between having him or Gonsolin, it's, Cano's like the peak that you could get from him if he locks back in and has that chip on his shoulder yeah. and wants to rake and sometimes going to AAA is the best possible thing for a guy because then yeah. you realize I'm not playing for money anymore. I'm not playing for stats. I have it so good. I just want to be in the major leagues. Yeah. Once you're riding those buses and grinding down there and the facilities are, are way worse, the food's worse. There's 10,000 at the games instead of 50,000. You just want to stay in the big leagues. And and I think that's like the most humbling thing that can happen and really change guys' careers for the better. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. We love Goose, but he's better than Goose. I mean, he's better yeah. defensively, still 39 than Goose and uh, and uh, potentially is a lot better hitter. So we'll see. But, yeah, you pointed out something. I really like the fact that, I mean, it might be a cliche sometimes to say guys are playing not for the money, but this guy's truly not playing for the money because he's going to get paid. He got released. He yeah, can he go, go home and play golf and get paid $24 million this year and next year. So yeah. this is a guy you know is in it for because he wants to play baseball. Yeah. He goes down to AAA trying to get a team to to, to see him or see the Padres, uh, to for have the Padres see him and bring him back up. He had an agreement with the Padres that if another major league team had, gave him an offer, major league level, they would trade him, and they did. So there's no, there, there can be no questioning why he's doing it. No, he's, you know he's not. He's probably not going to. Uh, he knows, and if he if he's been following the sport at all, he knows he's probably not going to get in the Hall of Fame unless views completely change on steroid use because he got popped twice. Right. But, you know, and he's not going to build. He's not going to pad his uh, his career stats a whole lot in this next year or two. So he's playing for the right reasons. He's like he wants to play. Loves being around the guys. I tell you what, though, and and one thing I didn't know about him until I dug in and asked some guys about him. He's a he's a great dude by everybody's account. He's a really good guy. Everybody likes having him in the clubhouse. And so and and I I, I knew that was probably the case when Alex signed him because Alex, we've talked about yeah. how much he vets these guys. I wondered he's about like, that too because I didn't right. really know too much about him. Right. Your guy gets popped for steroids twice. You you kind of think bad things. I mean, he's doing it for ego, for himself. You know, he doesn't care about the team. But just made a mistake, obviously, twice. <laughs> but from all accounts, he's a great guy in the clubhouse. And I trust Alex on that one because he hasn't messed up yet. And he knows how important that team chemistry has been. The last thing he's going to do is bring in a guy who, you know, it's not even a huge piece and bring him in to disrupt that. So I, I think – and I think he knows this is probably his last chance too. You know, Cano to really oh, yeah. to play for a World Series contender. You know, which he thought yeah. he was doing in San Diego before they sent him down. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's it's like that position Charlie's in. Every time you struggle when you're older, everybody's just writing you off and thinking you're done. And one of the times you're not going to get out of it, and you're not getting a job anymore, and you're going home, and it's over. And I think he kind of. I guess it's you don't really realize how far you've fallen until you put on a AAA uniform. I mean, think yeah. about Cano's. Um, he was a superstar for the Yankees for however many years. Yeah. Living the at Mariners. the top. I mean, he probably couldn't even walk down the street in New York, and now you're in El Paso. Ten-year, $240 million contract. He's playing for the Yankees. 
Yeah. And I think it's, it's kind of the, the, for me, when I look at it, unless he'd done it, you know, unless he'd done it a lot in his career and didn't know how to play without it. I look at when he went to the Mariners and started struggling, you know, it's, it's humiliating to be making 240 and hitting 240. (laughs) You know, I, I mean, guys just, they don't want to suck and struggle and it's hard to swallow and it's not there anymore and you feel terrible and somebody gives you a little shortcut. Yeah. Especially after you get that huge contract, you feel like you got to live up to it. And and you're in year three or four or five yeah. and you're already falling off and you're looking at, I got to yeah. do this. I got to go suck for this money for six more years or five more years, whatever's left on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I get the thought process behind it, but I don't think any players in baseball that did it right and did it clean will ever respect it. Right. I mean, t- did you see my last two years? I I mean, that still eats me up, you know, sucking that bad and struggling like that. I was in my living room at four in the morning throwing wiffle balls to my wife some nights trying to fix my mechanics and it just wasn't there anymore. You know, the, the, the athleticism, the power, all that stuff was just fading away and it wasn't there. Yeah. And I, I didn't do anything. I didn't take steroids or. Yeah. I just had to, you have to wear it. And, and I, you know, maybe now he's ready to wear it and and he put on a triple A uniform and said, this is what I got. And he's got to figure it out how to play feeling like shit. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've made my views clear on steroids and yeah. I don't vote for those guys, but I understand what you're saying because man, if you're, if you're, you haven't, you're not even halfway through mm-hmm. that big a contract that, that franchise really put its whole future staked it on you and you're starting to suck. Mm-hmm. That's some serious pressure. And you know, you're hearing it too. You know, you're seeing it, you know, you're hearing it from fans, you know, you're getting who knows what you're getting from fans and what people are saying, but you, you, yeah, if you think you, there, you could take a shortcut, I could see what somebody would do it. I mean, I see, I see why guys do it, like the reasoning and the motivation for it. Yeah. But I can't like, yeah, you kind of, I can't validate it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the right move, but I, I just, I can see where it would be a really tough spot to be in to have five years left on a deal and have, yeah. I mean, just show up to the park and feel good and think you're going to need to fly out to the track. The more stupid, just, yeah, the, the stupid one to me, the decision was the second time he did it with the yeah. Mets because you had not, there's no, at that point, you're like, you're really, you're screwing your team and, you know. Well, that but, tells you something about guys too that have guaranteed money. They're yeah. set for life and they just want to be good at baseball still, yep. you know. They're still driven to be good at baseball. Yeah. Even if, if it's someone, the right or wrong way to do it, they, yeah. <laughs> the drive's still there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they, you know, he signed through next year too. So who knows, but, um, but that's a, that was a big one. That was a big move and we'll see what it does to the face of the Braves. And you know, there, it it could theoretically add some more depth to their lineup until Ozzy gets back and you know what they've been doing without Ozzy and Ozzy wasn't raking before he got hurt, obviously, but the, the, the way that every, just virtually everyone else in the lineup has stepped up. If you add him and he does anything, he's not gonna hit for power like he used to, but if he can, if he can hit, get some hits, it's pretty big. And uh, uh, the little uh, – obviously, he's going to have to work with Dansby for, for some games to get to get that really nailed. But, you know, with the positioning and all they have on the on the cards today, they just – Dansby was telling me they just have to make sure they're on the same page as far as where I'm going to be. And I think you saw a case, an example last night. On that flip. Where they had that double play. Yeah. Dansby had known where he was going to flip that to. Dansby could have caught it in motion and thrown and got that double play, yeah. but he's kind of left standing there because he doesn't know, is he going to flip it to me with a glove? Is he going to go to the hand? Cause he hasn't played with the guy flips it to him with a glove, but he doesn't know which side he's going to flip it on, you know, and all that. So Dansby's left 
Dancer made the most of it because he still almost threw the guy out. It was so quick. Out of, yeah. But he was flat-footed on two feet, and the ball hits him like right here, and he just goes. Well, yeah, he doesn't he, know if it's like if it, if he knew he was getting that flip, and yeah. now the, the benefit of that flip is it's quick. Right. The ball's out of his hand right away versus right. if he goes to the glove and throws it, you know, or, or does something a little firmer, then, then Dansby can glove it, come right. on the other side of the bag. If Dansby knew he was getting that flip, he probably runs across the bag, bare hands yeah. it, and throws it on the run. Right. Exactly. Uh, those things will come, you know. I mean, if you ever watch Cano, it, it's he makes a play, but he always looks at makes it look good too. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's smooth and it's it's a pretty flip or something like that. But having never played with him, right? You kind of got to learn a guy's tricks and know what to expect. And I mean, they can work on that. Yeah. During BP, that that'll take a week or two. And yeah, have he, it. Did, he didn't even have time to do that yesterday. No, you he know, just got there, getting fitted for uni, doing presser and all that stuff, taking batting practice. So anyway. Um, yeah, and Dancy's played with quite a few second basemen already this year. Yeah. But that's that's four at least. Yep. <laughs> um, Alex getting Alex and Topless getting ahead of the curve with the trade deadline still uh, a couple weeks away. Alex jumping on it early with those two moves yesterday or in the past 24 hours from Sunday afternoon trade for Cano and the Monday trade for uh, for Drew Waters uh, to the Royals. I know a lot of people – Still had hopes for Drew Waters, but we tried. We've been trying to make it pretty clear that you know there wasn't a place for him anymore. Now that Michael Harris leapfrogged him, that was a couple of years ago, and they have their center fielder, they have their right fielder, and you know Duvall's their left fielder for now. And and going forward, there was not Drew Waters had not really given any indication that he was going to be able to make that adjustment they needed him to make if he was going to be ready anytime soon. As far as striking out way too much and the contact rate was way too low. And he can't stay on the field in AAA, which he's got to obviously do before you know the the, the Braves are going to be comfortable having him up up here. Uh, this is a team that plays its guys basically every day. The infielders play every yeah. day, and the outfielders play most of the days. Yeah, and he was in a tough spot too, where there was really nothing aside from hitting 400 with you know 30 homers at the break in AAA and being 100 percent healthy. You're not I right. Mean, what Michael Harris is doing. I mean, you're looking up at that when you're in AAA and there's nothing yeah. you can do. Yeah. And that's obviously long-term. I mean, Michael Harris is the guy. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to catch him again. Not yeah. The train left the station. So, uh, I, you know, I think it could be a, the, one of the proverbial change of scenery could be good for him really could because he's going to a team that need, he could be playing center fielder for them pretty quick. Yeah. That's where he needs to be. We've talked about that with some of the pitchers the Braves have had. He's going to go there like Pache went to Oakland. Pache had every opportunity in the first half to play every day, even when he was hitting 150 yep. for a long time. So Drew Waters gets that same opportunity. I think he's probably going to do – he could do a little more with it than Pache did offensively, um, you know, even if it's hit low 200s, but with some power. Um, but we'll see. I think he's going to get a chance, though. He certainly is going to get it there earlier than he would here if he ever was going to get it here. Yeah, and it's it's – you know, when you – like I was saying, if you're in that position, it's discouraging. <laughs> you know, it, you're trying to, you're going to try to do too much. You're going to try to, you're going to, you're going to try to force your way into the big leagues, and there's nothing he could do to force himself to be the brave center fielder. Yeah, nothing. So it's kind of those guys are in a tough spot, and you know when when you see some of these changes of sceneries happen, it's a it's a mindset change too. You know, you show up to Kansas City, and they're like, look. Yeah. You don't need to hit 330 with 25 homers and steal 50 bags. Go out and play good defense and just have good at bats, and you're going to get a shot in the big leagues once we think you're ready. And then when you get up there, you're going to play. So when he gets called up, it's not 
you know, you're yeah. filling in for Acuna for a week and then you're going back down and trying to make this quick impression, you know, the time, uh, knowing you have time to, to figure it out and some patience with it. Um, it, it's a big mindset change for guys. And that's why you see a lot of these guys change scenery, get a fresh start and do really well. So even if he goes there and he goes off, you can't be sitting here saying, well, uh, right. they blew it. Why'd they trade him? Why'd they give up on this guy? Cause you never know if he would have become that guy right. in the situation he was in, which was a really tough one. Yeah. You go into a team that's out of it. They're not in the race. There's no pressure. There's no pressure to win. Like there is here. I hear if he was, if he was the weak link in the chain here, there's going to be pressure. Get him yeah. out of here, you know, get somebody else up here that can do it. You know, how it is here. The fans get insatiable, man. They, if you got eight guys clicking, they want that ninth guy to do better. Find yep. somebody that can hit there, man. That's <laughs> yeah. our weak link. Yeah. So you go to the Royals, that's not the case. You know, they got a couple of good players, and the rest of them are trying to find their way. They started three rookies at the top of the order yesterday. Yeah. And they got a stud rookie, obviously, with wit. But uh, you know, that might that might be good for him to go over there and be on a team with three other rookies in the lineup. And uh and and you know, those Royals front office guys are real familiar with everybody from Atlanta and the young guys from this area. Uh, cause they're from here and, uh, are, are here initially. So they, you know, so they're, they still have some excitement about Drew Waters, what he was as a top prospect yeah. a couple of years ago. So they're going to build on that and give him that opportunity to show he can still be that. Whereas here he's fall, he, he was a fallen prospect. Yeah. So, guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply the five all-stars i thought uh none was a surprise to me i think some people were a little surprised that uh contreras got the uh the uh starting dh job over schwarber but i was not surprised contreras got it only because he had the second most fan votes and this is all about the fans voting the starters so why wouldn't you go to the second guy yeah. You know, who was a close second, you know, with the with the fan votes uh, or not close, but Bryce Harper was first and he got hurt. So they went to, to Contreras. And also, I mean, if MLB has a chance to have two brothers in the same starting lineup, that's a big story. That's a good story. Yeah. So that's going to be big, man. Having the Contreras brothers, we talked about it when they got to play in the same game at Chicago a few weeks ago. The mom and dad crying in the stands from Venezuela. Now the two brothers are going to be starting on the same all-star lineup. Are you kidding me? This is a guy that was in AAA last year after he got optioned. Now I have I have three boys, and if I ever got to go and watch them both play on the same team <laughs> in the Major League All-Star game, I might die right there. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> like that's that's yeah. the most unreal thing. And thinking of you know them growing up with probably nothing in Venezuela and just – 
playing front yard ball and you're watching that the whole time as a parent and, and trying to just get them any opportunity, even them just both getting to play pro ball was probably crazy for their family. And now they're starting the all-star game together. Yeah. There's going to be 18 players, 20 with the DH, uh, in the starting lineups for those two games, in the whole world. for those two teams in the whole, from the whole world, the entire and world. two of them are going to be their sons. One tenth of them are going to be their sons. That's insane, man. It is. It hasn't happened in 30 years since the Alomar brothers. But the Alomar brothers were both so established at the time. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because William just kind of, I mean, he's, he's, he's shot up. Yeah. Where you couldn't really see that coming as quick as it did. Yeah, he was in AAA a year ago. Never would have imagined that a year later you'd be at this point. He's made so much progress, man. Yeah. To to really make that Langoliers trade. When they traded Langoliers, everybody's like, oh, my God, I was one of them. I was like, I cannot believe they traded Langoliers. Because I know the Braves didn't think, they couldn't have thought William was going to do this much improvement. But, man, they look good now because this guy looks like the future catcher here. Uh, but, yeah, when when the Alomars did it, Robbie Alomar was the best second baseman in the world, and his brother Sandy Alomar was a veteran yeah. at the time as well. So this is really, really big. And the Boone brothers were reserves in the same all-star game, but this is an entirely different thing, man. So good to them. Good for them. Um, so, so the five Braves, the others, no surprises. Uh, Ronald Acuna was voted by the fans. He's not having an all-star year, but you know what? He's voted first by the fans. He was the highest vote getter that happens every year. And he, and he's, and for a while there, he was definitely playing like an all-star. He slipped in recent weeks, but it's about excitement and is nobody more exciting. So I got no problem with that at all. I bet uh, when you look at his stats at the end of the year and there's yeah. an all-star next to it. Yeah. It, you forget there was any questions about it. Right. You know, if it, he's an all-star every year for me. And we know how fast he can turn it around as well. Yeah. He can, he can boost those numbers in a matter of three weeks. Then the others, Max Freed has pitched as well as, as anybody except maybe Alcantara, Alcantara. Um, Travis Darno. That was a night. That was a, not a surprise, but that was good to see that he made it because you could have seen where they would go with a with a rep from another team that maybe was underrepresented since underrepresented because the Braves already had Contreras, yeah, their catcher. So to add Darno, uh, I haven't heard yet from like Elias if they've checked into or whatever, but I think it's probably the first time a team's had its two primary catchers make an All Star team. I can't imagine another scenario unless it was one just like this. Because it's got to be a catcher who also DH'd. And that they got really a rake. Yeah, they got a hit. And that didn't happen before. No, Teams it was always a you know guy hitting 220 that called a great game. R- yeah. Really rarely do you have two catchers that rake like that. So the Braves have two catchers in the same game. It's pretty phenomenal. And um, then you had Dansby, who's played like, you know, top five MVP candidate right now. And, and um, uh, was it one other? That was it. Ronald Acuna, Max Freed, Travis Darno, Dansby, and Contreras. Yeah. Um, you could certainly Riley make an argument. Yes. There's two, I think, that have really valid arguments. And I think Kyle Wright, who has a valid argument, I think he'll be at it because you know how there's always a couple of pitchers yeah. that either pitch that last day so they're not eligible or have a nagging, have a something sore, a little bit some. I think Kyle Wright could be one of the first two or three candidates to get to, to be a replacement. Riley should make it. I know it's so hard at third base because with Arenado yeah. and Machado, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but there's no reason you can't have a substitute be a third baseman, right? 
I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but he or, or have it be a backup DH man. But this guy's 24 home runs. He's second in the league in home runs, hitting for a high average too. It's not like he's just you know hitting 220 with a ton of bombs. He's hitting. This guy's one of the best hitters in the league now, and he's played great defense. Oh yeah, he's he's solid at third base. But it's I mean some guys just draw the short straw when it comes yeah. down to it. You know, like you'll Position have a, a second baseman and there's just happens to be no good second baseman that year, and the guy's hitting 275 with 10, yep. playing some decent defense, and you have a third baseman that's going to hit 30-something homers, and there happens to be Machado and Arenado in the league that make they definitely make more highlight reel type of plays, just crazy just running and yeah. throwing. They're more well-known, big contracts, more animated. I mean, yeah. there's, just, there's just things that – you know, kind of get the spotlight on you more that Austin doesn't necessarily do. But when you look at what he does as overall value, he's just as valuable to me. Yeah. And because when you look at a stack position like that, then you can go back and look at some of the great players and people are like, he only made like six all-star teams. You're like, yeah, you got to look at who was playing that position at the time, which is why like Chipper Jones, Chipper Jones, you would have thought would have made 10, 12 all-star teams, right? We did made about half that many. Um, Andrew Jones, 10 time gold glove winner. Yeah. 400 and some home runs. You think, what, did he make 10 all-star teams? No, he didn't. Because there's periods where there's our great players at, at a position. So if you're not one of the two every, each in that particular year, you're probably not going to make it. So can't really go so, by that, which is makes Hank Aaron all the more astounding. He had like 25 all-star teams in 23 years because they had a couple years where they had two, two all-star games. <laughs> they had two? Yeah, they had a couple years where they had one at the break and then at the end of the year, too. Hmm. Yeah, and he made it both both times. <laughs> That's why he has more All Star appearances than he did years in the majors. That's weird. I, I do think they should do you know because you see a lot of guys that just get hot for a half a season. I, I would like there to be kind of a similar, just star by your name for like a, a full season All Star yeah. too. Guys that can put that full season together year in year out. A lot of those guys, you go back and look at their All Star seasons, and they're like. He was an all-star because they did it all before the break. Yep. And they either fell off or they got hurt or both after the break. And they ended up having a pretty crappy year. Same for MVP voting. Our uh, the last, the the great, great stat, great trivia is Chipper Jones in 99 when he won MVP and Terry Pendleton in 91 when he won MVP. Two Braves third basemen. Neither one of them made the all-star team that year. That's crazy. In the yeah. MVP season. Because they did the reverse of that. Yep. Great second half. Terry put the first, worst to first team on his back, and a Chipper ninety nine when they won, he he basically single handedly beat the Mets down the stretch with home runs and big hits. Well, and that's when you're going to win the MVP too. Is yeah. if you do something down the stretch that yep. that changes your whole season. Yeah, guess why? Like a guy like Austin Riley or Dansby Swanson down the stretch, if they're huge, could win MVP this year. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a little different than, say, Cy Young, which I think people look more at the body of work than what a guy did down in his three starts down the stretch in a, in a pennant race. I was looking at Scherzer's stats, just you know, thinking about all his Hall of Fame stuff, and he's got like four Cy Youngs or three Cy Youngs. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. I know. People forget that he, he's how many he's won. He's won one, two, he's won three, but he's finished second, third, fifth, yep. fifth, and third in the other in his other good years. 
Oh yeah, he's going to be one of those ninety-seven percent guys on the first yeah. ballot. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, big day for the Braves All Stars. It's the most All Stars they've had, by the way, since uh, what was it? Uh, since Chipper's thir- age thirty-nine season when he was one of the five on his next la- eleven. 2011. Yeah, we had Johnny B-Mac. Craig, B Mac. Was yep. Jay Hay on there? No. No Jay Hay. You had four of them. Jair Jurgens. Oh, yeah. Jair was an all star. Yeah. I remember being there because there was a there was an argument that, to be made that he should start it. Yeah. Statistically. Yeah. yeah. But we knew it wasn't, wasn't going to happen. But. That was my only shot. Well, maybe 11 or 12 I got off. To, I had a great season in 12. I finished with like a 170 ERA or something like that. But I started off like shit. And then 11 like, was your sub-1 ERA, right? 11, I think I went into the break with like a 1-1 or something like that and a bunch of holds. But you got Johnny and Craig in front of me. People always ask me, right. that. like, how come you never made an all-star team in those yeah. five years that you had that were so good? And I was like, Can't well, take three relievers from one I team. Was, I was throwing quality pitches at 93. Johnny was throwing a 98-mile-an-hour sinker falling off sinker. the cliff. And Craig was striking out 15 per nine innings and closing. That's funny. I, I, uh, I, I forgot to mention a quote. I asked William Contreras about uh, the fact that he's in the All-Star team with his brother after you know all the ballet who we made a few weeks ago about playing the same game as his brother and about being on the All-Star team with his brother. He goes, it's incredible. It said through the translator. He said, <clears throat> I mean, it really is. That's one thing that I don't think we even talked about. No. Because it is a dream come true. And I think it's something that we've always dreamed about, but it's crazy that it's happening. I'm really happy. I can't wait for the day. I'm counting the minutes. And he said, <clears throat> he said he can't even imagine what his parents are going to go through. He goes, he goes, I'm so excited. I can only even put it into words. What do you think they're going to think? Oh, they're going to. They're just going to be crying for it's an gonna hour. It's going to feel fake. It's going to feel like a yeah. dream. And it's in Hollywood, La La Land. It's perfect. You know, and it's that's the thing about it, too, is like that it happened the same year. Because, you know, both of those guys are the type of players that have a shot at being an all-star in any given year. But yeah. you can also be like what we were talking about and only make it one season, two seasons in your whole career because there's Real Mudo, there's all these other catchers. Right. And they happen to both make it on the same year. It's just the odds yeah. are so, I mean, yeah, Crazy. his brothers made it three times. But, yeah, you would have thought when Real Muto went over there to Philly that he'd be in there penciling him in for about 10 of these, you know? Yep. Just never know, man, how it's going to work out. Um, and the other cool thing about it is being in L.A., Max Fried and Darno are both from L.A. I yep. mean, both of them grew up going to games at Dodger Stadium. I mean, that's pretty cool. You can't Max will probably stuff. throw an inning and get to light up the gun, too. Yeah, let it Yeah, let it eat for an inning. Yeah, yeah it'll yeah, come out hot. I hope he has a big one. That'd be great to see him go out there and strike out three guys. Did Freddie make it? No, he did not. You talk about a stacked position. Neither uh, him nor Olsen made it. So Freddie Freddie with the Dodgers did not make it. They had four, four guys. The Braves had the most in the NL with five. The Yankees had the most in the AL with six. Now who gets to decide? I can't remember. Who gets to decide <laughs> once, you know, guys start doing the pullout? MLB. So not Snit, not they don't. The manager doesn't have any. I don't think he. They might consult with him, but it's MLB uh, that does it. Based on fan voting, or I think those are more based on performance. They might. They might look at the fan votes or that kind of thing, but I, I don't think it's a real hard and fast criteria. But uh, the player balloting picks the reserves, as you know. Uh, Snip has surprisingly little 
uh, voice in it. Not as much as they used to. I so. think he'll start Kershaw. That'd you think so? Cool. I, I I would if I was him. Just I to, think if he does, it'll only be because Dave Roberts suggested he should. Because Snit made it pretty clear in the week leading up to it, because we asked about Max, should he be in at least that conversation to start? He goes, yeah, absolutely. He goes, but he got a couple of guys. He goes, Alcantara, and then you, yeah. you get the ERA leader, and you go, and then he mentioned Tony Gonsolin, you know, yeah. being 10 and 0 or whatever at the time from the Dodgers. If Snit had his brothers, he'd start Gonsolin if he was going to start a Dodger. It wouldn't be Kershaw. Yeah. Oh, okay. but but if Dave Roberts makes it clear to him why Snit loves Dave Roberts, he put him on the team for a reason, you know. Yeah, he might listen to him. Uh, to me, I, I hear both sides of this argument. You know, they've talked about it on Central this morning, and and Leiter was pro uh, starting Kershaw. I'm and I was I'm with Dero. Alcantara has earned it. To me, he should be he should get it. Well, it goes be back to what we were saying too: is how many times is is he going to have a chance to start the All Star game, and you take it away from him for something sentimental? You know, I get that argument too. And what McClanahan should be AL. I would think so. McClanahan's got like a, a what's he got? Eight thousand strikeouts. Yeah, he's dirty. I mean, that would be a great matchup. Or, or you could go, you know, Alcantara if you want to go one of the sentimental guys. It could be Verlander, you know. But uh, I don't know. What do you think I, about Pujols being on it? Um, I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't keep somebody else off it, which it didn't. If yeah, they were yeah. use if they had a certain number of spots and they used one for that, I, I would like not Riley like doesn't make it because right. Yeah. But I have no problem with them adding to it additionally, you know. And yeah. and then I think it's pretty cool. He wants to be in the home run derby. I, I yeah. you know, <laughs> people are gonna love that. The yeah. old man's gonna be out there going against these young Acuna and these guys, you know. That's pretty cool. Out of breath. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have a problem with that with him and uh Maybe. they added two to it, right? I thought Miggy got added. Yeah, Miggy, Miggy. So, yeah, if you want to add both of them, uh, it shouldn't have been one or the other. It should have been both. I, I got no problem with that. Two of the, you know, arguably, arguably the two greatest hitters, non-steroid division of my lifetime, of at least the last three or four decades. Yeah. Barry Bonds, obviously, if you don't, if you discount, if you don't have a problem with the steroids, Barry Bonds is the only guy that's in that's that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Miggy and Pujols, I mean, my God, the decade that each of them had is. It's insane. insane. It's it's just crazy. You know, that's the worst thing about being that good and playing for so long is you have to play these years that make it really easy to forget. Like Pujols, once he started running on hot lava around the bases. Right. You know, and not, you know, not having the same numbers and power offensively. It's so easy to forget what a force he was in his prime. Yeah, he was people, unpitchable. People that don't see it, that didn't see him at his prime, and just see him now, have no idea because they think now because he's just this big guy, fat guy now that just hits home runs, you know. Yeah, and and now isn't that funny him waddling to second base? Well, yeah. you've seen him for a ten years, man. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, he was he was unpitchable. Yeah, it's uh, and Miggy Miggy was another. Uh, He's otherworldly, man. It, seeing him hit line drive home runs to right field like a left-handed pool hitter. He was uh, in Detroit. Oh my God, he was Just monster field. Yeah. So um, all star team, all star games could be pretty cool, and to see all those Braves there, and then to have Snit with Wash and the whole coaching staff there, Weiss sitting next to him, that's going to be pretty cool. So the Braves fans will have plenty to watch. Um, 
Did they announce who's in the home run derby yet? Um, half the field because the guys came out and announced it themselves whether they were supposed to or not. <laughs> Acuna came out on his IG and announced it, so the team announced it like an hour later. I can't wait to watch him. So my, that's every, one of my favorite home run derby moments I've ever watched was him going opposite field. Yeah, like taking BP and hitting him the other way. Yeah. He, yeah, he like gave up after a round of trying to pull it like everybody else, and he's just going, I'm just going to hit him. Flicking him out to like right. And you're watching on TV, and they, you know, they look like easy swings, you know, just like a fly out to the right fielder, and then they're 20 rows deep. Uh, just the last thing was, well, big this the, the uh, you were talking about how any game is is counts as a win, and it's like Snit said, we can't clinch the division this week. He said this yeah. going into this series, you know, can't clinch it. Yeah, it's a big series, but you can't clinch the division. Neither team's going to clinch the division this week. Um, and you turn right around, the Braves do, and they 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 play the Nats four games leading into the All Star break. So I'm thinking just win this series, win two out of three, get a game, get within half game. Then that would have been a all you could have asked for going into this thing. Then you got four games against the Nats up there. They've played the Nats great for a few years, and the Nats are really sputtering, man. Even with Soto, that's a bad team. Yeah. So you go up there, you win at least three out of four at Nats Park going into the break. Real good chance you could go into the break even or yeah. up a game in the division. You know, the only, the only thing you don't want to have happen is – it's like I said, it, you know, win's a win, but there is an aspect of when you're chasing a team. Like, do you, I don't know if you – yeah, you remember. When we would go – we were chasing the Phillies for like 9, 10, 11. Yeah. Yep. We'd be two games back and we'd leave down four or we'd leave down five. Yeah. And every time we got close, they'd just stomp on us. And we it, that that was like them letting us know they were a little better. Yeah. And you you don't want the Mets to have that feeling just for confidence. You right. want them worried about you. So if you can take two out of three, yeah, it does send a a, a good message that they're going to have their hands full with you all year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world if you lose two out of three in the series, but you really do want to win these next two games because yeah. they're really winnable with the two pitchers you got going. You had your bad one last night, you know, you, you, against understandably against a great pitcher. You didn't do a lot offensively. It means you do because the Braves haven't struggled. This offense hasn't struggled in back-to-back games for a while, man. They've been clicking. So yeah. I fully expect them to come out tonight and do it. Um, struggling against Scherzer is – No, everybody is. You know, right now – turn the page on that pretty quick. He's had two stars since he came back from the IL, and they've both been great. He had you know, nine strikeouts in five innings, the first one back, and then five or six innings, so – yeah, he looks great right now. So it's cool to see him fist pumping and getting that fired up over a July yeah. game. You know, after everything he's done and accomplished, he knows what these games mean. And even his, he's crazy, man. Even his rehab starts. Yeah, they show video of him just locked in in the in the dugout. And guys that can bring that intensity and continue to bring it always impress me. Yeah, the fire burns as as hard <laughs> as it ever did in that guy, man. It's a ferocious fire. Yeah. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Cano going down to AAA to El Paso. It's like it's like if it was going to be a reminder of how far you've fallen or what you've got to do, and you still want to play, and you're still getting paid even if you don't. He goes down to El Paso in the middle of the summer. Yep, hot as Hades down there, and he's playing for the Chihuahuas. <laughs> yep. And they had like a they had Goofy some, uni, right? Yeah, they had like a special <laughs> jersey ball. they wore. I think it's a sponge. Yes. <laughs> and you're looking at you're probably looking at yourself in the mirror that day when you're dressed. You uh, got to be thinking, 
what the fuck happened, man? <laughs> so, After putting on pinstripes for yes, 10 years, <laughs> yes. looking in the mirror. I mean, there's no better feeling than putting on a major league union looking in the mirror. I, I love that every single day. And now you're putting on a SpongeBob union trying to hang on for dear life. In El Paso, <laughs> Texas in the middle of the summer. So that's that to me said all I needed to know about yeah. how bad he still wants to play. Yeah, and a lot of guys don't. A lot of guys take it and they say, you know, take they're just the getting house. paid to be at home and barbecue. Yeah. So you got to admire that about him, man. Yeah, he just doesn't want to be done. Loves to play. Doesn't want to hit the links yet. All right. Two more against the nasty Mets, the Metropolitans, and four against the Nats. We'll do. We'll talk again uh, early next week from uh, from DC as we. Oh no, not early next week. Friday, this weekend, maybe. Thursday, late Friday. this week, late this week from DC. As we wrap this thing up, going into the break, can you believe that we're over halfway through and we're almost at the break, man? It's gone quick and slow at times. Some, sometimes it feels long. I tell you, though, it feels so good to get to the All-Star break as a player. It's got to, man. I can't imagine. Uh, just to get those three or four days with no pressure. Boys and tell you it. what, goes a lot faster when your team is winning, doesn't it, than when you're struggling? Oh, mo- a month goes a lot faster when you win like 20 out of 30 games. Yeah, and then you know, as, as a player, it's like – you, get, you have the break, you get through July, and then you look at the schedule and you're like, if I can get through August, we're basically, we're there. Because yeah. in September, September just flies by. Yeah. But June is the longest month of the season. And then July, you get the all-star break. It, it It's a long season, man. <laughs> Especially if you're on a bad team. If you're not, on a bad team, it's, the guy's like, or, or if you're just not playing, like if right. you're in Cano's shoes and. If they give him a chance to play every day and, and make an impact, it'll it'll pick up for him. All right. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. 755 is real. We'll talk again later this week.